When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Metal Mike, and in this episode, I talk with the Shred Demon, David Shankle. You may remember David from his killer guitar work with Manowar in the 90s. We catch up with him and we hear about the bands he's involved with today, Fionor, Grave Rain, and Holy Tide. We also talk some Manowar, of course, guitars, and hot sauce. Yeah, that's right. Check it out. Well, David, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, brother? Hey, Mike, thanks for having me here and looking forward to seeing all the people and hearing what's going on with me in my 80s metal and then some, brother. Thanks. <laughs> I'm ready to shred on with you here and play some music and answer some questions and uh, update people to what's been happening with the Shred Demon and what is going on now. So thank you for having me. Oh, you got it, man. And uh, let everybody know the intro music that was played was actually Etude, which is an instrumental of yours, man. It's some uh, kick-ass playing in that one. I appreciate that. That's from my first DSG CD that was still on Magic Circle Music's label, which was Manowar's label. I think that came out around 2002 or three. So, yeah, that's the opening track there, uh, E2. Thank you for playing that. Oh, you got it. Well, hey, man, everybody's been kind of going through this COVID thing. A lot of people have had downtime, but it seems like you've been, like, super busy. Right now you're, like, playing in three different projects or maybe even more. Uh, Let's talk about it. Yeah, during during before COVID and mostly during COVID, I uh, started to rebuild my home studio. And during that time, before COVID, I had gone overseas and toured twice with Fionor. So we decided to do the record. And everybody was in their own country when I was writing and writing with the guys. And, you know, during the COVID time, which is a terrible thing for everybody and people that have lost their lives, their businesses, their homes, you know, hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel. But for for me, I keep pretty busy. I run a music school, uh, Milwaukee Music Academy. I teach a lot of students online. Uh, beginner, intermediate, advanced, all styles, classical guitar, bass guitar, acoustic, electric, shred, teaching music theory. You know, I'm a graduate from Roosevelt Music University with a bachelor's of music from there many, many years ago, which I finished right when I got out of Manowar. So during the last, like, probably three, four years, I have been involved in three other projects. Obviously, the Fionor Project, which I toured twice with them in the last four and a half years. We went the first time and did the entire Triumph of Steel CD, because prior to that, myself, Ross the Boss, Tony Martin, that used to sing with Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. uh, Fionor reached out to us to do some guest solos on their CD, We Are Heavy Metal. So I played on two tracks, In the Darkness and Water Garden. 
And uh, that went really well. The record did well for him. And then Gus and my manager and all of us talked and said, let's have Dave come over and let's tour and actually do the Triumph of Steel record. So we did that. That went very well with a different singer, Lobo, at the time. And then I went back again while we started writing some of the music. Our singer, Sven Dionis who's in Germany, and he sings in the band Wizard. They just released their new record on Massacre Records, their 12th record, and Fionor's records, Power of the Chosen One, comes out April 23rd on Massacre Records as well. So, getting back to the story, we started writing the music, and then I went back for a second tour and had our, our main singer, Spendianis, and we did the tour again, Brazil, all over Argentina, and it went really, really well, and we played a few clips of songs from the upcoming record. And then I just decided I was going to be in the band, and I wrote five of the songs out of the ten on that record right here in my home studio, played all the parts, the whole nine yards, and then, you know, sent everything over to the singer and the bass player, cussing them so they could do their parts to that and lyrics and everything. And the whole record was mixed and mastered over in Argentina, and they did a really, really great job with it. And we did, you know, Skype stuff from time to time so we could all put our two cents in. And so it worked really, really well, and we're happy with the way it turned out, and it's done. I have a copy. It's all good. You have one of the tracks, the opening track, Rise of the Dragon. And to be honest with you and everybody, I wasn't in Man of War after the Triumph of Steel to be around long enough to co-write with Joey, which I wrote Triumph of Steel, which is gold and platinum for me, and I'm mm -hmm. proud of that, mm -hmm. with Joey. The first track I wrote for that album was Ride the Dragon and Metal Warriors and Master of the Wind and the Burning and Power of Thy Sword. You know, Paul wrote that stuff together, but I handed Joey a lot of those rhythms and he wrote the lyrics and stuff. And I'm very proud of the time that I had in that band and the things that I did with Man of War. They helped put me on the map and I've toured all over the world three times with them. But things change always do. And I moved on to DSG. But right now, I'm very happy about the Fionor record, Power of the Chosen One. The video's out on Massacre's YouTube channel and mine, Rise of the Dragon. And the new lyric video was just released uh, last Monday, the 5th, Power of the Chosen One. And we will be following up after the record comes out on the 23rd. Maybe in uh, May, we'll be releasing a live video clip when we were on tour, uh, Hell is Waiting. So that's another thing that'll be coming to the band on that. So that's the, the thing I'm focusing on now. And I have two other bands as well. So that's, you know, and you're going to have that track to play, so I appreciate you doing that. Oh, yeah. The Fionor record. Yeah, man, I've been uh, I've been jamming on the singles, um, you know, Rise of the Dragon and Power of the Chosen One. They're great, man. It's straight up power metal. Like you said, it's got some of the Man of War vibe there. And uh, it's it's catchy as hell. I heard it a couple of times and it was like stuck in my head. <laughs> those first two songs, Rise of the Dragon and Power of the Chosen One, the singer Sendiana sent me 10 seconds of a lyric. No music, no nothing. It said, hey, Dave, by the power of the Chosen One, you know, it gave me all that. He said, write a song to that. And I wrote the entire song around 10 seconds of only that vocal line, and that's what we came up with 
you know, as, as, as well as other songs out there. And then we co-wrote stuff together, Gus and I, Walter, and and uh, Spin. But as that was finishing up and getting into the mix, mixing and master stages, a good friend of mine I've known for 15 years, Tony Angle, who was in a very popular local all-original band called Veilside, and uh, he and I always wanted to jam together, and I was in Veilside for a while, and we did some shows for Farm Rock and stuff with, with uh, Queensryche and Dockin and Slaughter and stuff, and that goes back about five, six years ago, which is where I met the people that got me into the hot sauce, and we'll get into that down the line. Okay. But Tony and I always wanted to jam together, so we decided to write some songs, and what I wanted to do was take the best of what he could do in Veilside and what I did with DSG and kind of put the two together and come up with something a little heavier and we came up with a concept record about war, famine, civil war. You know, what would it be like if the earth got destroyed, if the bombs really went off? What would be left on the planet? Would there be good people, bad people? Would there be a sanctuary? Where could you go? So we named the album Destination Aftermath. It came, that title and the chorus of that song came to me in a dream, and I got up and recorded some of it and sent it to Tony, and then he wrote all the lyrics on it. Tony wrote all the lyrics on the album. I gave him ideas for some words and for choruses, but he did a fantastic job. Our engineer, Joe, uh, we did all the rec all the mixing and mastering that. So Tony and I did the whole thing. I, I started off with just programming the drums, playing, I played all the guitars, all the bass, 12-string, 6-string acoustic, classical guitar, and we had our engineer, Joe, you know, we went to him and, and basically, you know, programmed the drums. We did not bring a drummer in. But now that I said that, you wouldn't know that unless right. I told you that. Joe did such a phenomenal job programming the drums, and that record is being shopped right now with our OPK with my longtime friend and manager, Johnny Pettigrass, that was managing Manowar with Tom Miller at the time I came into Manowar back in 87, beginning of 88. Johnny's been with me, Ross, and Rido the entire time, so we've got a lot of good bites on that. And while the Fianor thing's coming out, Shopping the holy, the uh, grave rain thing. I have a third band that I've been involved with for about a year and a half. I was approached by Joe Caputo, uh, a progressive symphonic uh, band uh, called Holy Tide out of Italy. They had put a record out, but right when we were booked for like 27 dates, bam, the COVID. Hit. COVID yeah. And as you know, no bands toured or did anything. And, and you know, with all the disaster that came from that. So that's when I started rebuilding my studio and started uh, talking to Joe and our manager got us on the phone and said, look, since COVID hit, nobody's touring. Why don't you and Dave just start composing a new record? So by the time a year goes by or whatever, hopefully the COVID thing will settle down. We'll have a new Holy Tide record that I actually wrote and composed with Joe, the bass player in the band, to where when we do tour, It'll be with me on the record because I composed and was involved with them. We've got a great new singer, uh, Mike Stark, who plays, sings in the band Stormburner. They're on uh, 
last uh, Pure Steel Records that my last DSC record was on. This guy's got pipes that are amazing. I'll put him up against anybody. Michael Barris, the drummer, phenomenal drummer. So that band is in its embryo stages. We've got four songs so far, more on the way, probably going to be 14. But that's going to follow up behind the Theodore Power, the Chosen One record. Then I'll be bringing out the Destination Aftermath. And we have our website. People can hear a track on that. Uh, GraveRainBand.com. We have swag, T-shirts, you name it. My hot sauce, Veilside CDs, DST CDs, Grave Rain T-shirts, the whole nine yards, mailing list, fan club stuff. We have the Facebook page for all these bands. So uh, I'm happy with all three projects and currently writing the Holy Tide thing right now. And, you know, finally, we're all starting to see a little bit of light right. from this COVID with people getting shots and stuff. So I pray for everybody that that works and it goes in a better way. I see some bands starting to get booked and we all need to survive and stick together and make it through this horrible time and, you know, let people open up their restaurants, clubs, open up and have their bands and foods and stay alive and people not lose their homes or their lives anymore because it was really, really bad there for a while and, you know, hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel and, uh, with all that going on, you know, thank God we were able to teach our students online. Right. Or we would have had troubles with our music school, you know. Oh, definitely, definitely. Hey, man, another album I want to ask you about is, is the, the first DSG album, Ashes to Ashes. If people out there haven't heard that album, they need to check it out. I mean, so many cool songs. The title track, Tolling of the Bell, uh, The Widow's Peak. I, I mean, that, that's a kick-ass album, man. I really like that one. Thank you. That album was my way, after being in Manowar, to show everybody how I can really play guitar. I can compete with the best of them, that I can write, compose, and do what I really do besides the true metal stuff with Manowar, and I thank them for that time in that band. But don't be mistaken, that band is Eric and Joey, and that's the way it is, and it will always be. And without getting into it, we had great times, bad times, but with Ross out of the band, me out, Carl out, Donnie in and out, Rhino in and out, the drummer that was in and left, I mean, there's reasons why that's happening. I don't need to mention names. It is what it is. And I get great times. But one thing I will say for me and Ross, Ross started that band with Man of War. And when I came into the band, I didn't fill his shoes. I brought my own shoes. And people Mm -hmm. were like, wow, you know, you got Joey and Eric. And then, you know, I brought Rhino in with Scott Columbus. And I love Scott. God rest his soul. You know, to bring in a new breed of players into Man of War. Everybody was like, wow, Dave Shankle and Rhino are kind of like the Paul Gilbert kind of Racer X guys coming in to Manowar. (laughs) And, you know, I really wanted to put our sting on that. And, you know, we had to keep it in the Manowar vein. But uh, some of my best stuff, you know, for that album, never made it to it because, you know, Joey and Eric wanted it the way they did. And that's okay. And I had great jewelry. So by the time it was time for me to exit the band and I was going back to school, I had put together the Ashes to Ashes CD and the band. Well, Joey wanted a piece of that because I know he felt like, well, he was in Man of War and we got our record label. We love you. We're still brothers of metal. So, right. you know, he gave me some money. He put the record together. We had our engineer get everything all lined up. We took it overseas and had the producer of the band, Romstein, mix it and master it with Joey. And uh, we did two videos, Ashes to Ashes and Calling All Here 
Rose, and it did very well for me. But people were like, wow, we knew you could play more and hotter than just what you did on Triumph of Steel. And that was kind of people saying, look, man, you know, you got your King Bays and the Paul Gilberts and that. Hey, I got my space rights in the middle of all that, too. That's more my thing, the whole progressive, yeah. neoclassical kind of stuff, you know. And that's what the three DSG records were all about. Hellborn. I brought in the seven-string guitar and shifted gears a little bit with a different singer, but still heavy and progressive. And then Still a Warrior was with Warren. Hellborn was with Dennis Yershire. And, uh, you know, Warren, I brought in Halverson for the last record. It did very well. And uh, then it was time to just put that on the shelf for a while. I was going through some health problems, got divorced, moved, and, uh, you know, had several operations, and, you know, and found my place to stand on my feet again. And, uh, you know, the Lord gave me my hands back. And now I got three other bands, and uh, things are going great. And, you know, a new line of guitars coming out, hot sauce. So I just keep moving forward, man. And if people like what I do, I appreciate it. I love my Man of War fans and all the fans I have from DSG and from Fianor and the new stuff I'm doing. And, you know, run my music up a flagpole and see who salutes it. If they love it, <laughs> great. If they don't, then, you know, fuck off. <laughs> I don't care. You know, if you like what I do, great. If you don't, whatever, next. You know, it's a big world out there. You can't make everybody happy, and people can be cruel. Oh, sure they can. Well, hey, man, I got to just tell you yeah. something. I got to tell you that, to me... Triumph of Steel is probably the best Man of War album, in my opinion. I mean, it's the I think it's the fastest. It's got the best musicianship. I'm just a big fan of that album. Always have been. I appreciate that. There's many other people that feel that way. And nothing against Ross. He started that band. A lot of people love the early classic Man of War. So you've got different generations of that band Man of War. They've been around a long time. You know, and they're still going, you know, with this other guitar player, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> Ross made his legacy in the band. And when I came in, I made my legacy in that band that nobody could take away from Ross or from me. Carl did what he did. Feel sorry for what happened. But, oh, well, you know, this other guy, you know, Ross and I really made a mark in that band. And Ross, you know, he'd been on five, six albums before I even came in. But Triumph of Steel was the first record to be in the top ten of Germany when it came out. And the first record out of any Manowar record to ever go gold mm -hmm. out of any of them. And I'm very proud of that. And I will wear that on my shoulder till the day I die. And, you know, and it's funny you, you brought that up. And I'm glad it's your favorite record. And I like a lot of the other Manowar records. I had a fan on Facebook, a young lady, say to me, Hey, Dave, I'm a huge fan of yours in Man of War and I love the DSC stuff. I got a question for you. And she came to me in my inbox. I said, what can I do for you? She goes, I wanted to ask you why every time you do a video or there's any writing, it says David Shankel, formerly of Man of War, currently Fianor, Holy Die, Great Brain DSC. She goes, do you think the Man of War fans will forget you? And I kind of chuckled and I said, no, it's because that's part of my legacy. And Ross is out there pushing Ross the boss, man of war, dictators doing his thing. And he has the right to do that. Just like David Shankle has the right to say, 
David Shankle, the Shred Demon, formerly a Manowar, DSC, Fionor, Holy Tide, Grave Rain, because that's part of my life. You know how many guitar players would have loved to have had a chance to stand in my shoes and Ross's shoes? We earned that right, and we have the right to say that, and I hold true to it. Until the day I die and it'll live on after me. But she wasn't being rude. She just asked me why. And when she got back to me, she said, well, I understand that nobody's going to forget you. I just was wondering why you said that. And I said, because that is me and it's part of my life. I mean, look at the Fionor record. That record was meant to be, Mike, three different bands, three different records. Mm -hmm. The Fionor record, basically, bro, is my part two to Triumph of Steel that I never got to do because I wasn't in the band anymore to do it. So in the modern age, and Fionor, that were Man of War fans, and Gus was like, let's have Ross and Dave do Gus solos, then we got me in the band and wrote a record to be our new modern, progressive, epic, true metal. And, you know, we have the Odyssey on there in nine parts, like we had Agassi and Ecstasy. Mm -hmm from the Triumph of Steel record. And it's not a copy of the record by no means, but it's my way of saying, let me go back to the true metal roots I have, do a, a, a heavy true metal album with Theodore that can easily, in my opinion, be very close and stack up to what the Triumph of Steel is all these years later, because my hand was in on writing Triumph of Steel and Theodore. So I feel very comfortable and the band does in my management saying that, and I hope the fans do. Now, on the other hand, Grave Rain, me and Tony, that is a different side of the coin. It's more progressive metal, more of the Dave Shankle, all three DSTs kind of put in together of the heavy, throw-tuning, um, veil-side Dave and Tony thing that gets you in that whole world. Concept record, and like I said, hold, and that's doing really well. The stuff that we're sending to stations and people been hearing it are digging it, labels are digging it. And again, Holy Tide, different side of the coin, different side of the world. Now you're getting into the symphonic, progressive, metal, neoclassical stuff, which I would put that band, even before I was in it, in your Nightwish, Rhapsody of Fire type world mm -hmm. stuff, Symphony mm -hmm. X thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Over in that category. So, and it shows three completely different sides of my writing, composing, playing, solo work that I can fit into anything and make it work. It's because, you know, that's what I do. You know, it's one thing to be a hot shit guitar player, but can you write songs? And then when you write songs, do, do you know how to produce the songs so you can get them the right way on a CD and then engineer them with a, with a, with a producer and an engineer to make it all work? And I do all of that, and I work with great people in the business too that I learned from and help to do the best we can and it's always an ongoing learning thing you know so I'm proud of them and uh, I'm very proud of the Theodore record and, and what I did with Manowar and uh, I think the fans will love that record I hope and I think they'll be looking forward to the, the record of Grave Rain Destination Aftermath we have the lyric video out already for that all over our websites and YouTube channels and we'll be following up with another lyric video which is uh, On the Wings of Fafnir another dragon song which is about you know Fafnir the dragon and uh, I'm having that cool paint job of him I bought the rights to paint it on one of my new seven string signature guitars so nice. that's going to be a whole other thing and surprise when we start to bring that album out so I'm excited about all of it
Well, I'm glad to hear with Fianor, you know, it's going to be that spear of triumph of steel because as a fan, I was always looking for the, another triumph of steel or something of that, you know, right. type. And then when Louder Than Hell came out, man, I was just like, no, nah. you know, hey, I don't get me, don't get me wrong. I've come, I've come around to Louder Than Hell over the years, but at the time, it was right. just like it was a total switch back to like the, you know, almost like the battle hymn sound. Like a whole different thing. Than <laughs> yep. It wasn't me and Rhino in the band anymore. Right. He was, Rhino was out, Scott was in, then Scott was out. Rhino was dealing with Holy, uh, Holy Hell then, and, you know, that was a whole other thing. And, it, you know, then Rhino just had to go, you know, there's, you know, without getting into all that personal stuff. But, man, it was switch gears. And when we did Triumph of Steel, that was at A440, and I turned Joey on to EMG pickups. I had a lot of endorsements. I have a lot now. And then after I left the band, Manowar finally started tuning from A440 down a full step. You know, to sound heavier, might have been easier for Eric to sing, but he's mm -hmm. a phenomenal singer. Amazing. No matter what he sings, I will say, Eric, you know, one of my favorite singers, one of the best in the world at metal, and I was very glad to share the stage with him and everybody that's been in Manowar during my time and with Joey when my time was in the band. You know, I'll leave that at that. Mm -hmm. You know, things change, always do. But this is why I thought the Theodore thing would be great, because it's a flip side of that triumph of steel, and Manowar's never done that. The only thing they did, for whatever reason, that I feel and Ross felt they didn't have to do was go back and do any remixing and mastering. You already had great classic albums with Ross, right. and then you had the, the great Triumph of Steel, and you know, the whole Achilles things we did, and we did it live, and it was a tremendous tour, and everything, and you want to go back and remix and master? I, I don't know why they did it. Maybe they ran out of ideas, or they wanted to do something, or thought the technology would be better. You know, I, 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 you know I'm not in Joey's head and why he decided to do that, but they did, so whatever. And, uh, you know, they're still going. They're still doing their thing, just like I'm doing mine, you know. No hard feelings. It is what it is. Again, things change, always do. What's the relationship like today with these guys? Any any kind of relationship with them? Or? Uh, yeah, I haven't talked to Joey in about probably three years in an email because somebody wanted to do a documentary, and he and I talked about it a little bit, but they already had their thing going on. But he and I haven't talked on the phone in many years, but, you know, there's no bad blood that I know of. I, I they don't <laughs> speak badly of me. Nope. I don't speak badly of them. I just, when it's time to talk about Manowar and my time and what I did and what I wrote and what I still get paid for, I do. Nobody could take that away from me. Nobody could stop me from doing it any more than they can Ross. It is what it is, and I still have many, many, many Manowar fans all over the world, old, young, and new ones, and, you know, Manowar fans that came and seen me the last two tours in Argentina and Brazil when I toured with Theodore, and I have fans here in the States that'll come see me, and hopefully those fans will continue to bleed over into Grey Brain and Holy Tide, and we just keep moving forward i wish them the best and i wish what i'm doing the best you know godspeed you know yeah last thing i'll ask you about Manu, i promise look as a fan i was kind of hoping when they needed a guitar player again in recent times that either it would be you or ross i mean what do you think about a guy from a tribute band being in the band i mean don't get me wrong it's very common for tribute artists to join bands it's happened a lot of times recently but what do you think my opinion they uh, 
had a tribute band, Manowar, and they brought the drummer in, and he had been in the band for, I think, about a year and a half or, or, or two years. I thought he was a very good drummer to fit the band, and, you know, you, you, you got a guy that's playing all the Manowar songs, that's cool. And then when that awful thing happened with Carl, you know, everybody and their brother, blabbermouth, the whole nine yards, are they going to bring the Shred Demon back, the Death right, Healer? Right. They should bring Ross back. Many people said David should come back, you know, because of the triumph of Deal. Ross left a long time ago. People were like, they should have Ross and David and have them both play together. But Joey would never, never Ooh. do that because, you know, Ross had his time, I had mine, and frankly, not me or Ross ever got a phone call right. or an email or a text to even discuss it. Now, we did interviews. And people came to me in magazines saying, hey, do you think you're going to be back in the band? And all I ever said, and I said it on Duke TV, and that interview was on my YouTube channel for Duke TV. I said, look, I got nothing against Manowar. If Joey and Eric want to summon up the strength to give me a call and talk to me about coming back, I would be happy to listen and put the, put the bad shit behind if there is any and keep the good stuff. If you guys want to talk, I'd be happy to do it. But they never called, and they didn't call or email me, and they didn't Ross. So they chose, because the drummer, I heard at the time, said, look, why don't we bring in the guitar player that's in the tribute band? He knows all the songs. So Joey's big interview speech was, what's better than to bring a guitar player in the band? Was it a former Manowar band? with our drummer and the guy already knows the songs and have a fan do it and it's like well okay that's cool but you know he got a lot of flack a lot of people gave that guitar player heat a lot of Manowar fans wanted Ross wanted me mm -hmm. wanted both of us it don't matter you know but you know Joey said something once in an interview that's like you know this we have a new guitar player and he's a combination of Ross and, and David and any guitar players we had no that's not true you know, don't try and put that guy even in my world, let alone my hemisphere, okay? It does not exist. You do just fine with your little Manowar stuff, but you ain't in my league and in my hemisphere, okay? You know, not that Joey was saying that, but when he said that, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. No disrespect to that guitar player, but, you know, don't even go there. Okay, and I truly feel that way, and I have proven my playing, my writing, my composing, everything I do on all my records, it speaks for itself, you know. But, you know, that's Joey. Of course, he's going to talk about the guy, and the guy can play. Yeah. Certainly, of course, he's a good, he's a professional guitar player, he wouldn't be in the band. But there's many different levels. Uncle Brother, there's like good, this guy's really good, this guy's great, this guy shreds, this guy's a super shredder, and these guys are amazing, okay, there's many different levels, you know, don't try, you know, and people have opinions, but just because somebody has an opinion, Mike, doesn't mean their opinion is right, and I, and I let that go, but I'm the guy that if I'm standing in a room and I hear people talking about guitar players, this and that, and whether my name is mentioned or something, and I hear a room, I'll walk up and politely say my response to it. But if somebody crosses the line and, and directs me about that, I'm the guy that will tell you exactly how it is that other people don't have the balls to tell you. And it won't be a very good answer, and you won't be friends with those people anymore. It's best you keep your mouth shut and step back. It's the people that got big mouths that'll get in trouble and I'm the guy that'll go let me put you in your place and tell you what it's all about <laughs> I'm that guy if I have to 
because I've had to fight for everything I had to get where I'm at. And I love many guitar players out there over the years growing up that were influences on me. And I've seen what they've gone through. You know, I don't take, I don't fight for a backseat, man. I get right up there with the best of them. There's no need to even be playing. Sell your gear. Go get a real job. You know what I mean? So Joey's got what he wants. He has the band. I knew they had, what was it, your drummer from Hammerfall, was it, or somebody came in for a while? Do you know? I th- well, I don't know, but I thought right now it's um, Johansson, who was in Ingve. Yeah, the guy before him I thought was the drummer from either Hammerfall or something like that, and then now they got the Johansson, and I don't know if he's still in the band or not, but, you know, he, they're great drummers, don't get me wrong, both of them are great drummers, and, uh, you know, why people come and go? You know, who knows, points your finger at the leader of the band, I guess, maybe. But, you know, it's Joey's band, and he's done very well for himself. He speaks several different languages, and, you know, he fought hard in the era to put Manowar on the map, and so did Ross. And, you know, they're there. When it was time for Ross to go, I came in. I did what I could until the writing was on the wall for me. Mm -hmm. But... God bless them, and, and we, Ross moves on, and I move on, and I have many different projects and stuff, and, you know, my own line of hot sauce, new line of guitars coming out, so, you know, we can talk about that, it's all good. I wish Manowar all the best, and I thanked them and loved them for the time I had in that band. Thank you, but goodbye, and I move on, but my legacy in that band will always be there for Triumph of Steel, all the videos, all the tours, nobody can ever take that away from me. Good luck trying. If you try, fuck off. <laughs> well, hey, let's talk about yeah. guitar playing, man. Who's who's some of your influence? Who makes up David Shankel? Well, that depends on the year and the time. <laughs> when I was very, very young, my father turned me on to Merle Travis and Chet Atkins and Andre Segovia to get into classical guitar and finger picking. As I was real young, some of the first guitar players that I liked when it came to effects was Alex Lyson from Rush. Not okay. as a shredder, I just liked his sound of his guitar and playing and loved their songs. As I started really getting into playing, I started when I was eight years old. I played for two weeks and said, fuck this. I wanted to be evil Knievel. My mother said, forget it, you'll live longer. Play guitar. <laughs> so, when I was 14, my dad got me a guitar and I was really at a young age into Michael Schenker. You know, another guy I liked when I was very young was Alvin Lee. These were the guys that were around, like Alvin Lee was around when Hendrix was and Carlos Santana. Remember, those guys played Woodstock, too. Right. Okay, it wasn't just Hendrix. You know, when I was very, very young then, I liked, you know, I was like 13. I liked Rick Derringer back when he was jamming with Edgar Winter. My favorite blues player to this day, and I love them all, is Johnny Winters. Hands down was my favorite. That's why I never learned to play slide. I'm like, if you're not going to learn to play slide like him, don't waste your fucking time. Right. Because he was the king. But I love Johnny Winters. But in actual playing, I went through the Rick Derringer, Michael Shanker, Johnny Winters, and then I was really into Frank Marino from Mahogany Rush. The guy had a pedal board as long as a football field, and I got to see him open up for Aerosmith and ACDC, and that's when guitar really started grabbing me. I was about 14, 15, didn't even have my license yet, 16 years old, and I was into that, and then I was hip to all this Mike Varney stuff, and I loved the Paul Gilberts, the Jason Beckers, the Bruce 
Bruce Berets, but I was already playing that stuff, but I liked them. Right. And, and I loved Eddie Van Halen, who didn't, God rest his soul, man, the things he brought to the guitar world, you know, legendary, but I also, at a young age, loved Steve Vai. Yeah. You know, yep. I just loved his unique sound, his own way of playing. And when I got through those guys, I really started getting into another guy that I liked a lot, and God rest his soul, was Sean Lane and Alan Holsworth. I really liked those guys in that fusion kind of thing. And all that together, because my father was a music teacher, kind of culminated me into a, a lot of each one of these guys. I play classical guitar. Uh, gypsy jazz, neoclassical shred, I read music, compose, I'm a teacher, I went to college, and I've learned bits and pieces about all this different playing and styles until I was able to hone it, harness it, and bring it into my own, and kind of, you know, be my own player the best I can in my music and what I do, and, you know, and if it wasn't for those guys, we all learned from somebody, and those were guys that, you know, had an impact on me through my younger years going on, and another guy one of my favorite guitar players still to this day, believe it or not, I've never had a chance to meet, and I hope I will one day, he, he may have heard of me, he may not, was I was about 15 and a half years old, and one of my friends of mine, Howard Anderson, I used to jam with, you know, we, we used to jam together, handed me this album, and here's what I said when I saw the album. I said, who in the hell is this Italian-looking guy with this gypsy girl in the back, this lawyer-looking guy? I said, who the fuck is this guy? Well, let me tell you, I never heard of him. I put the record on, and I went, oh, my God, what is this mute picket he's doing? Do you know who that guy was? No. Hal Diniola. Oh, okay. Gypsy. I ate those fucking words, and I went back to my bedroom and said, I need to see what's going on with this guy, and I've owned every album and CD the man has ever made since then. He was he was the he was the guy that came in when I was into all the Vine, Van Halen, Frank Marino, all the young early racer X stuff, and I was hugely into Julie John Roth. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was into Vi, I was into Roth, and when I heard Demiola, I went, Okay, I need to check out what this guy's doing and bring that into my world and I've never met him, but uh he was always one of my favorite guitar players. So I thank all those guys. I'm friends with Julie Roth. We've done shows together when I had the band uh, Devil Land. And uh, so I've, I've known him since probably 2005. And, you know, we've done shows together and talk when we see each other. And, you know, Julie's a legend. You know, he's our guitar godfather and neoclassical shred. We love him. So, you know, those are some of the things where Dave Shankle kind of came out of the Phoenix, you know what I yep, mean? Yep, makes that, sense. That kind of helped bring me to where I'm at. Don't get me wrong, uh, you know, Ingbe's great for what he did and all that, and that was wonderful. You know, so is Richie Blackmore. Yep. You know, a lot of great guitar players, you know. You know, and Ingbe made his mark. It certainly had his impact on everybody, you know, and me. But, uh, you know, for me, there's a lot of guys out there and even more now that try and play too much like him, right. it's pretty obvious, but I, I feel I have my own style, I have my own sound, my own way of writing, and that stuff's done very, very well for me, and uh, you know, people know me as a super, super shredder, man, but a composer, and play with feel, and melodic and stuff, and uh, you know, I do what I do, and I, and I love what I do with the people that I do it with. And like I said earlier, people like what I do, great. Thank you, buy my records, be my friend, my fan. If you don't like what I do, fuck off. Okay, <laughs> you know, go away, I don't give a shit. <laughs>
so my channel focuses a lot on like the 80s glam metal. We focus on, you know, Kiss and Poison and Rat and Dokken and Crew. Do you ever like any of this kind of music? Oh my God, please. I love Dokken. Don Dokken's a friend of mine, George Lynch, great guitar player. Met them, hung out with them many a times in the 80s. Even at NAMM, when I was with ESP Guitars for 16 years, I used, always would go to the booth and hang out and talk with George Lynch. And when Don Dokken's in town, I always go down and see him and hang out backstage. I'm a Dokken fan. I grew up listening to Dokken in 80s bands. I, I love that. Nice. You know, that kind of music, you know, the, the whole Dokken thing and you know, the early Van Halen, and don't get me wrong, I really love what Sammy Hagar did with Van Halen, too. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, uh, Nuno Bentoncourt, I think a great guitar player, too. Great songwriter, and that whole extreme thing I thought was great stuff. Really liked him. I met him once at NAMM talking to pictures. Super nice guy. A lot of respect for him. He's done very well for himself. And, you know, another guitar player I forgot to mention that I've met and friends with that I like a lot, and a lot of people have compared me to, if you take me as the head of a quarter, flipping over and in the tail is I love, I love his music. It's a lot like the DSG. He's, he's been successful as Chris and Pilatera. Yeah. Another yep. guy I like a lot. His guitar play and his music is the whole DSG thing kind of fits right up in that vein as well. You know, he and I, a lot of people have com compared us together. And, uh, you know, I could see some of that. And I like him, respect him. We've met. He knows who I am. He's fond of my playing. Great guy. You know, you know, I sit right in that basket of guys. Me, the whole Michael. Angelo Badio, yep. we're great friends. We played on each other's records. He's played on mine. Joe Stump, another great player yep. friend of mine. Chris Pilatera. You know, those guys are all kind of that world that we all are kind of cut from the same clay, but different, different sides of the mountain, even though we're on the same mountain, just different sides, if that makes any sense to you. Oh, it does. And I always like to ask, because like I said, I think I've told you, I talked to Rhino before, and I asked him, like, oh, and he had a saying, oh, I liked early Motley Crue. How can you not like Motley Crue? Right. You know, I mean, their early <laughs> stuff was great, and they helped change the face of that kind of glam metal. It got yep. heavy, and I love Rhino. I mean, I was so happy that we got to meet each other on this planet and get him in Manowar and play together, and we still talk today, and when I start doing my instrumental record, which the artwork is done for it, which will be called Unleash the Dragon, you know, Rhino's going to be doing some drums on it. Sweet. So that is definitely going to be happening. Yeah, because I always ask that because I always think of like Manowar's thing was you know wimps and posers and all that kind of stuff. So I always love to see if uh, you know if, if the Manowar members are, uh, like some of this music. So I'm glad to hear it. You guys gotta check out the band Platinum Overdose. It's new hair metal with the classic '80s sound. Their new album Back for the Thrill made Sleaze Rock's top ten albums of 2020, and it's just killer. Go to ddrmusicgroup.com or platinumoverdose.com and check it out. Hey guys, this podcast takes a lot of time and effort. I want to do more in-depth projects on here, but I can't do it without your help. Just Google 80s Glam Metal Cast on Anchor. Once there, hit the support button and you can donate 99 cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Your support will ensure that this podcast will be rocking out for years to come. Dave, tell everybody about what you've got going on with your hot sauce and your new line of guitars. When I was first set, 
walk in with Valeside, we played a place called Farm Rock, and it was with Doc Inn, Queensryche, Slaughter, several other bands, Sebastian Bach. And when I was on stage, I saw this red truck way out in the field, and I'm like, wow, that looks pretty cool. What is that? So when we got done playing, I walked over there, and uh, uh, Merle and his wife, uh, they uh, own a company up here in uh, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, called Hellfire Hot Sauce. It's premier hot sauce. And we talked about me doing a signature sauce. Well, a year went by and we were talking about it. And then another year or two went. Well, I finally got it together about, oh, two, two and a half years ago. And we got two different versions. We have full shred, which is the Myler hot sauce. And then we have the shred demon, which is the hotter one. And you can get that through our Grave Rain Band website. And you can go directly to hellfirehotsauce.com and get those bottles. If you like hot sauce, they're sweet, tasty, and sassy. They've done very well for me. So, you know, it was just kind of a cool thing to do. It dropped in my lap, and they're great people. Best of friends with me. Hellfire Hot Sauce, man. Two different versions I got out. Full Shred, Shred Demon. So I'm happy about that. Sweet. Now, a new announcement that's coming. is I've been with many companies for guitars. Court guitars, ESP guitars, Dean Guitars for a long time that did the 29-fret 7-string shred machine for the video I did, the demonic solo, 10 years ago for the Jezebel Vampire movie, which in 2010 was hailed as one of the fastest guitar solos ever, so that was very cool. On a 7-string guitar, not, not to mention, so I'm proud about that. Now, I'm with a new company that this guy Jeff had been talking to me for over two years. I was with Grossman for a while, had two guitars with him. You know, problems happen, things occur, and things change. But Jeff, I call him Jedi Jeff because he's such a great guitar builder. He and I just clicked everything I wanted to do. I took the best of all the guitars I had and said, let's put them into one and go even farther with the bodies, the cutaway, the way the neck joins the body, the heel, he's going to end up patenting because nobody's got it. It's like you play the neck and go all the way up to the 24th fret. It's a bolt-on, but you don't even know it because it feels like a neck through the body. He did a great job. It's all EMG pickups. I'm a Kaler tremolo guy. My signature shred bar from Kaler. You know, the custom uh, military jacks. Ernie Ball Strange, and it's my own custom design, and we will be releasing very soon the DS6 and the DS7 Shred Machines by Viper Guitars out of California. I'm very excited to be doing videos, playing out with him, going to the NAMM show, guitar shows. He's got a lot of other great guitar players on there. Jimmy Bell from Autograph is one of his guys, Lloyd Wallace, several other guys are with Viper Guitar, and I'm on as a main new guy as well. This guitar is strictly built for me. People will be able to get it, either with a Kaler or Floyd Rose when it comes out. But, you know, we did two prototypes and then went back to the drawing board and said, let's get rid of this and that and build them from the ground up. So I'm very excited. To, you'll, you'll all know about those when they come out. And then I'll be doing a lot of videos for my YouTube channel on how I did solos on all my DSG records. Man, of war stuff i'm on 39 guest solo cds three new records coming out and you know and start doing video stuff for that and promoting the guitar and getting out and playing and seeing many other bands and great players if this covid thing will let us all get out so i just keep busy and keep thank god for my students and our business 
and, and to stay healthy and just keep moving forward as long as I can while I'm still alive, man. That's awesome, man. Good luck with both of those. Yeah. What do you want to say to the fans yeah. out there in closing? I want to say, hey, everybody, it's a hard time for all of us. Get your shots. Wear a mask. You know, keep your hands clean. Keep everything in your house clean. Get yourself checked. And let everybody just be pray to the gods above that this COVID thing and these shots are going to clear it up and let everything get back to normal so people can go see bands, go see your favorite bands, come see Dave Shanko, come see Theodore, Grave Rain, Holy Tide. Hey, buy my hot sauce if you like it. If you don't like hot sauce, try it anyways. And go see all the bands and the music and live again. Get out and live again and survive. We must go on. And, uh, you know, and thanks for having me. And uh, again, you know, theonorband.com, graybrainband.com, Holy Tide. We all have Facebook. I'm pushing my new YouTube channel. Just go look for Dave Shanko. Hit subscribe and the bell and you'll be seeing all the new videos coming. You know, hit like on all my Dave Shred Demon Shanko Facebooks. I got five, six Facebook pages and everything. <laughs> and, you know, if you're interested, go subscribe and hit like and, and you'll see what's going on with us and uh, hopefully see you out on the road. You know, definitely, if you're interested in guitar lessons, contact me through my Facebook, the main one, David Shanko, my inbox, and we can talk about online lessons. I've been teaching professionally for 30 years, and trust me, I can help you reach your goals. That's awesome. Thank you for having me, Metal Mike. You're oh. totally cool. Hail to all my true metal friends. I want you to get ready for the Power of the Chosen One CD coming out April 23rd on Massacre Records. And here's the first single, Rise of the Dragon. Shred on.
That was a blast talking with David and what a killer metal track by Theonore. Make sure you check out their album, Power of the Chosen One, out on April 23rd. And make sure you sub to the 80s glam metal cast. There's so much cool stuff on the way. You don't want to miss any of it. Rock on!